Um, uh, let me give you a little history about where I come from and, and how I ended up in the pulpit today. So I was uh, born into a Jewish family and Mormon family. I was a German. Um, <laughs> it made for a very, very confusing upbringing. I was a spiritual mutt. So about age 15, someone gave me a Bible. Now, I had never read a Bible. I didn't know what a Bible was. I, I had some preconceived ideas of what a Bible might have been. I thought it was a book of ancient spells and secrets. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I really did. I thought it had some sort of mystic wisdom. So when someone handed me one of these, and it was one of those Bibles that only had the Psalms and the Proverbs and then the New Testament. Can you hear this right? Is this working well? Okay. Yeah, it only had the Psalms, Proverbs, and New Testament. And so I used to hide it in my desk because I was so scared of what my family would think. And then when everybody else went to bed, I'd get it out and start reading. And, and you know, it's funny because, like, most people have to be told to read their Bibles, right? I, I just started reading it. I loved it. I thought, this is the coolest book I've ever read. Yeah. And I started reading in Matthew, and specifically, like, the miracles were just astounding. And I'm like, people believe this stuff? Like, this stuff is real? And then I would read the things that Jesus would say. And I got to say, like, it still flips me out. Because I, I don't think people realize just how opposite uh, what he would say is to the way that we live life. Our cultural values. I mean, everything is just so completely opposite. Like, um, uh, do not resist an evil person. What? What does that look like in application? <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? Like some of the things he actually did say, like we, we kind of go, we immediately find a way to get around that passage, most of us. And I would read things like, uh, how many times should you forgive your brother? Seven times? And he says, no, seven times 70. In other words, as many times as you're offended, that's how often you've got to forgive your brother. I'd never heard this before. Like he was, he was proposing a totally new way to do life. And, and actually... They, that's what they called it. They called it the way. You know, early Christians, they weren't called Christians. That's right. That was a title that came way later. They were all called followers of the way. Because when Jesus came in, he really did give people a brand new way to do life. So, so here I am reading this, and I, I just liked it. I liked who he was. I liked what he said. I knew that the way I had run my own life was really poor, uh, and I wanted to try it out. And so, you know, I had this, I was sort of this in-the-closet Christian um, up until I was about 18, and I came out of the closet as a Christian. Like, be very clear on that one. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I um, but I didn't know anything about, like, when I went to the, the only person that I knew that had any sort of information about miracles, because I, I remember being a 15-year-old, I used to drive this old beat-up S10 Blazer, and I would pull up into a, a riverbed and, and just park my car under one of the bridges that went over the river. And uh, I would sit and, and read my Bible for hours. And then I would pray and I would ask God to just send me some sort of sign that everything that I was reading in here was real. I just wanted to know. Uh, anybody ever felt like that? They just, I just want to know if it's true, God. And that's harmless. That's, that's a genuine seeker, somebody who's wanting to know. Um, and so I would ask him to send like a fireball down from heaven and just like, <laughs> I was a very imaginative young man. I, I did. I, 
It's, but I never saw a fireball. And so I, I remember going to uh, one of the, the Young Life leaders and asking him, like, and, and I love Young Life, but what I'm about to say might sound bad. But again, Young Life is a great ministry, so hear me out when I say this. But I, I asked him, like, when do we get to see this stuff? And he's like, well, God's not doing that today. And I'm like, what? Well, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, I, I was thinking, like, I, I, wind got taken out of me. And, and you know, I sort of resigned myself to living a, a, a very theoretical Christian faith. It's like I was scared not to believe it, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I really wanted it to all be true. Because the, I, I mean, I knew that I was a sinner. I, I had plenty of sins I could point out. But, but I needed, uh, and, and I knew that if, if, if God is real, and Jesus is the example of what perfection looks like, and that's the only thing that measures up, then I knew I wasn't him and that, that I did need forgiveness. So, so I, I resigned myself to this sort of powerless Christian life. Um, it wasn't until I was in college where that, that idea would get challenged. I was a, a senior. I went to college at Texas A&M University. So I'm a good old Texan boy. Um, and while I was there, I remember about my senior year, uh, I had, how did this go? trying to think, oh, you know what, let me, I'm, I'm going to record some of this. My, my stepdad actually asked me to record this because he wanted to listen to it. Oh, great. Um, so I had, I had a friend, well, I got a couple of stories. I, I'm trying to think of how much time I got here to actually share. Okay. I don't know how many stories to get into. Um, let me just put it this way. I read this passage in John 9 where Jesus comes up to the, this blind man and the disciples ask him this like really challenging question. I say, was he born blind because of his sin or his parents' sin? Which shows you sort of the worldview. Like if you're sick like that, it's sin. But you do find the question rather weird because they said, was he born blind because of his sin? Which I just find so crazy. Like how, could, how does that even make sense? Um, but Jesus' response, I love this. He says, it was neither this man who sinned nor his parents, um, and, and your Bible translations can read a couple different ways. Most of them are going to say, this happened so that. That's actually a very poor translation. It almost puts it on God that he was born blind. Okay? But, but you could also, it could also be rendered like this. Uh, it was neither this man who sinned nor his parents, but let the works of God be displayed. So that versus but let. Now, one of them says God causes just so he could be glorified. The other says, this is the nature of the world you live in, but let me show you how I respond to it. Okay? Uh, so this is neither this man who sinned nor his parents, but let the work of God be displayed. And then he heals the blind guy. Oh, first, he says this other phrase. I, I forgot this. This is sort of the, the crux of this whole thing for me. He says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day for night is coming when the work will cease. Now, I read that and then I knew that, that I remember going, we must work the works of God? We? Well, does that just mean the disciples? Or does that mean us? And I was like, well, I, am I not a disciple? Have I not given my life to following the way, his way? So does that mean I'm supposed to do the works of God? Well, what are the works of God? Well, he heals a blind man. And, and then it gets even crazier. So that's John 9. You know what he's going to say in John 10? This is probably one of my favorite verses of Scripture. John 10, 37. 
do not believe me unless I do the works of my father. Hold on a second. Don't even believe the message I preach unless I'm doing miraculous works. Now, how many of you can say that about your gospel? That's kind of scary, right? Don't believe my message unless I'm actually doing these kind of things. My buddy Dave, he's a, he's a uh, missionary out in the Middle East. He calls that the miracle back guarantee. <laughs> if you don't see a miracle, you don't have to believe anything I say. The miracle back guarantee. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm wrestling with this. And for the next three months, I, I resigned myself. And, and I would have prayed even longer, but I didn't have to uh, because God answered the prayer. But I resigned myself to know, like, God, I, I got to know, are miracles for today or not? And so I used to pray these words. Now, that's not the question I asked him, though. The question I asked him was, God, I wanted to know if your power, I want to experience your power so I can know whether or not it's for today. Now, I decided that day when I read that passage in John 9 that I would pray. Every time I prayed, I would pray those words. And that created some very awkward situations for me when you're in like prayer meetings with other people and you say, God, I want to experience your power so I'm going to whatever's today. And then you start to move on, right? So I prayed that literally. And then I had uh, an encounter. That's the best way I can phrase it. Next thing I know, I'm, it's six in the morning. I'm at my buddy's house and uh, we're praying together. And the next thing I know, I'm literally on the ground shaking and wailing at the top of my lungs dry heavings, getting rid of some critters of some sort. And, and, and in my head, I'm, I'm so completely rational about the whole thing. I'm sitting here thinking, why are you crying? Okay, well, you're not just crying. You're starting to yell. You shouldn't be doing this. You're going to wake up his roommates. Like this was the thought process. And yet here I am just completely shaking. And, and I remember it was like... Um, now, you don't have these down here, but in Colorado, we have very cold days. And uh, <laughs> some of you who might have ventured away might have experienced this, where you take a cup of coffee on a cold day, and you feel that sort of warmth go down into your esophagus, right? Well, it was like that, except for it went to every extremity of my body. I felt this warmth just go into my fingers. And over the next several weeks, whenever I would even draw near to God, it would start to happen again. I'd start trembling and crying. Um, I was a different person after that, but I'd still never seen a miracle. I'd experienced his power. I knew his powers for today, but I didn't know what it looked like. You want to hear about the first time I ever prayed for somebody? This one's going to make you laugh. It's rather humiliating. You want to hear it now? Now that I've mentioned that part, you're like, yes, now I want to hear it. Uh, we want to hear about you embarrassing yourself. Um, so I was at a I started venturing out of my church and going to some new places, and I had a really, really hard time with that. Uh, no offense, any of you charismatics in the world, but there is a package that tends to come with the charismatic world, and it was a package I found rather unattractive. I always, felt, I always felt like they were trying to get money out of me somehow, and so I, but I wanted to experience more of the miraculous, and I knew that the charismatics had it. So I went to all of these churches, and I got to say, it was really hard to sit through some of those messages. I didn't know that, 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 that like you had, I, I didn't, some of these guys even went to some sort of seminary where they learned to do this. They'd preach a message and they'd say something like, and uh, Jesus, uh, he went up to the mountain. Uh. Like, is there, is there like a grammar school that they went to to add a new, like an extra syllable at the end of every word? 
Anyway, I, I kept hearing this. I went to this one church, and this, this pastor from South America was telling some, like, really spooky miracle stories, like somebody who didn't have an ear, watched it grow back. I'm sitting there going, this guy is so full of something that I cannot say in church. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so I... I Listen to me, you got to understand, I, I, I didn't mess around. I was very serious about my faith. And so I walked right up to him at the end of the service and I said, you keep telling me stories of miracles. How come I've never seen one? You know what he said to me? He said, because you don't pray for the sick. I thought about it and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he's kind of got me on that one. You know, like, I've prayed for the doctors, I've prayed for the medicine, which that, that just seems silly, you know, but, but I never actually, like, laid hands on somebody, in Jesus' name, you know, I've never done that. So, I, I, and, you know, that's scriptural, right? You do not have because? Pretty simple, right? Such a great answer. It was exactly what I needed to hear, too. Well, I left this conversation now, this church was no, uh, literally located right next door to a halfway house. You had all kinds of people, very transient, coming in. And, uh, and there was a, a man who was homeless, and he, he claimed that he had a uh, broken ankle. And so I walked over to him. He was sitting on a couch, and I said, uh, sir, can I pray for you? So this is the first time I've ever prayed for anybody. He says, yeah. And so I, I got down on my knee, and I, I put my hand on his ankle, and I said, in Jesus' name, be healed. And then I stood up and I said, get up and walk. <laughs> I'm not lying. I literally said that. I, I might have given a little more, more gusto in the telling of the story because I was much more nervous than that. But I did say this. And he looked at me like I was a complete idiot. He just sat there staring at me like, huh? And so I buster up a little bit more courage, and I said it again. I said, get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And it was the most awkward thing I've ever done. Uh, and he just kind of looked at me like, and so he stood, stands up, and then his jaw just sort of drops. He goes, oh. And I'm going, that did not just happen. <laughs> no, you, I'm serious. I looked at him, and I thought, He probably wants money. <laughs> For two years, I would have this disease called being an unbelieving believer. Two years. I would pray for the sick. I, I would pray for every person I got a chance to pray for. And even if they would, many of them told me they weren't healed, to which I was like, well, at least they're very honest people. And then those who would claim they were healed, I thought, well, probably something psychosomatic. You know, placebo effect. Yeah, come on. Which, let's be honest, how many of you in this room have felt the exact same way? You're going, well, he might just be convincing himself. You know what I mean? Two years before I'd see something I couldn't deny. I spent a weekend at, a, and this is actually where I met Peter Lewis. This is, uh, if, you, if you know Peter, he'll probably be out here at some point in time, but you got to meet Peter. Best gospel. I mean, you'll get saved all over again if this guy preaches. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, anyway, uh, I was there on this conference every day praying for the sick. We would pray literally nonstop, get a line of people coming in for the whole weekend. 
and I prayed for some of the worst things you could possibly imagine. Uh, prayed for terminal cancer, prayed for people in wheelchairs paralyzed from the waist down. Um, I mean, it was just, it, there were some really awful things. And I got to say, I didn't see anything happen. Either nothing happened or those who would tell me something did happen, I didn't believe them. Unbelieving believer, right? Uh, I remember going home after the second night, and I probably prayed for maybe 500 people. Maybe, maybe less, I don't know. But uh, I remember going home and uh, crying out to God, and I literally was yelling at him, telling him, this was your idea. You're the one who showed me your power was for today. You're the one who told me you were doing miracles. I didn't make this up. You're the one who said we are to work the works of God. And I yelled at him, and I probably said some not-so-nice words, and then I fell asleep. Just to let you know, he can take it. He really can. That's one of the best things about God, is he, he's not, he's not, he's not going to strike you down for saying something that's not true about him. He can take it. And I, I would even furthermore tell you he'd rather have your sincerity and your honesty than walking in denial about how you really feel. Listen, the book of Job, if you, just so you know, that really is what that book's about. You know, it says that Job did not lie with his lips. If you read the middle of Job, you're going to read Job accuse God of some truly evil things that God would never do. But how is it that he didn't lie with his lips? At the very end of it, Job's, or God's going to rebuke Job's friends. You know what he's going to say to them? Uh, for you did not speak of me what was right like my servant Job did. Well, here's something interesting about that particular passage. Did not speak of me what was right. It could also be rendered, you did not speak honestly with me like my servant Job did. Straightforward. See, we we miss that because we think that everything that Job said about God was true. No, no, no. Job was expressing how he felt. And that is what God appreciated. All right. So I, I go to bed. I'm angry with God as I'll get out. I wake up the next morning and I have to go pray for more people. And I'm thinking, I'm going to get this over with and then I'm done. So I prayed for a bunch more things. And I, last family comes in was a, uh, a mother with her probably around 13-year-old daughter and 8-year-old son. The son is severely autistic. Uh, and I'm talking the kind of autism where the mother has to hold the little boy uh, when he's fidgeting constantly and screaming out. I mean, just, it, it was a really, really difficult thing. The daughter had this sort of like, anybody ever had braces? Anybody ever had the kind of braces that go on the outside of your face? That's the kind of braces she had. Now, they're expecting me to pray for these things. Now, I have no faith left. I'm done. I pray for both of those things, and as I expected, nothing happened. And I sort of haphazardly asked the question, well, is there anything else I can pray for? And the daughter says, well, I have knee pain. Can you pray for that? And I think, sure, yeah, I'll pray for something else that we can't actually test. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, the pain is gone. Really? Yeah, yeah I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Sorry, I, I'm, is it okay to be honest, right? Like I, okay, so, so you, you can empathize with this situation. So I put my hands on her knees and I begin to pray. And uh, 
And, but man, I felt something weird. This time when I prayed, I felt this warmth come in my stomach, like the coffee thing. Um, but then I also felt her knees begin to move under my hand. Now, you got to understand, I'm a very rational person. You know, I, I loved logic. It was one of my favorite courses in college. Um, anyway, I, I start to reason through what's happening here. As I feel her knees begin to move under my hand, I think, well, she's probably moving her foot around. Like, everybody, put your feet on the ground. Take, take your hands, put them on your knees. Now, tell me what you feel in your hands as you move your feet. You feel the knees moving, right? You see how I'm already starting to explain away this healing? <laughs> That's what I'm doing, right? Or she, I said, why don't you check it out? But here's the thing. I did feel that warmth in my stomach, and I didn't know how to explain that. And it was that familiar feeling of the first time I'd, I'd ever felt power. So I said, why don't you check it out? See if you notice any difference. And she stands up, and she says, well, uh, I can't really tell unless I, I'm playing sports. And I'm thinking, of course, you can't really tell unless you're playing sports. Uh, <laughs> There were expletives in that thought. Um, so then she said, then she, she's kind of checking it out, and then she looks down her feet, and she says, my feet are straight. My feet are straight, my feet are straight, my feet are straight. And she starts crying. Now, you got to understand, like, what happened here. When she walked in, she had feet that were turned out like this. You ever see somebody look like, kind of like, walk like a duck? That's what it looked like. When she walked in, I saw what she looked like. She had feet, turned out. And now I'm looking down at her feet, and they're completely straight. And I see the mother. Now this, this will mess you up. The mother is looking down at her daughter's feet and starts crying. And starts telling her daughter to do all of these different cheerleading and volleyball positions. And so the daughter's like doing all these weird things. It's like, I'm just looking at this going, what am I seeing here? I know, I know what I saw. I know that she had feet that were turned out. But now I'm looking down and she has straight feet. Um, they just started crying. And this, you see this beautiful moment get exchanged. And, and, and they start hugging me. And like thanking me. And I'm sitting there going, what the heck did I do? I didn't believe anything would happen. <laughs> I mean, I, I got back in my car. This was like, you know, Texas heat. I had this old broken down S10 blazer at this point. You know, I went from 15 and now I'm like in my mid-20s and I, I still have that same old beat up blazer. And, and, but this time the air conditioner's broken, the windows won't roll down. And one of the doors was so dented in, I had to cry, crawl in through the passenger side to get in the car. But I remember I finally crawled my way in, I get my hands on the steering wheel and I just start crying. And I, I said, God, I'll do this the rest of my life. I said, I, I really will. I'm, I'm in. You got me. Um, you know, prior to this, I had really just been wanting to see something cool. But after that, I saw the effect it had on that family. And I was, I was done. I'm in. I'm cooked. I will literally spend the rest of my life praying for people. And I've determined to do this one thing, that when I get asked for prayer, I pray. I, I go out of my way to make sure that happens. Um, well, there's more to this. I'm trying to think how to phrase this. This sort of put me on a new journey. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm, 
working for a guy named Jack Deere. Anybody ever heard of Jack Deere? He wrote some really cool books called Surprised by the Power of the Holy Spirit, one of the best books on the gifts of the Spirit you could ever read. And if you have any friends who, who come from evangelical backgrounds where they, they've, they're very skeptical of the gifts, this is the book to give them. It really is. Um, well, I start working with Jack and, and helping out with the youth group. And after that, I was like the miracle guy. I started praying for everybody and things started happening. And I stopped, I stopped getting disappointed in all the things God didn't do. Which, let's be honest, is this a book about all the things Jesus didn't do? But it's funny, because we watch these healing preachers on TV, and we go, well, what about that person? They didn't pray for that person. You know what I mean? Come on, I'm not the only one who had this accusation in his head. This isn't a book about all the things Jesus didn't do. It's about all the ones he did do, right? So uh, next miracle, this is the coolest thing. We have this, uh, I remember looking at this girl, and this this is the very first time I got a word of knowledge. I look at this girl, and she reminded me of the girl who had the feet that were turned out. And so I looked at her, and I said, do you have pain in your knees? She goes, yes. I go, what's the cause of it? She says, well, I have flat feet. I said, really? I said, take your shoes and socks off. Let's pray. Now, when you read the scriptures, the, the, the testimonies in here, were they things that they saw with their own eyes or that they somehow saw when they had their eyes closed and they prayed? No, they prayed with their eyes open, right? So I tell her to take her shoes and socks off because when those flat feet change shape, I want to see it happen. So she does. I get a couple of the youth kids and we pray. And sure enough, we watch this little girl's feet. Probably around, it took about 15 minutes. It wasn't like a quick little thing. Uh, now, now, that's okay, right? You can pray more than once. Isn't that right? You know, Jesus actually had to pray more than once. There's a guy who was blind and Jesus prays for him twice before he gets healed. If Jesus has to do it twice, I probably got to go like three or four or five or six or something, right? Uh, so anyway, we, we pray for her, and we actually, I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. I'm, I, I, this is all documented stuff. Uh, I see this little girl's feet get these little arches formed, and she, she puts her shoes back on, and she feels like she's wearing a brand new pair of shoes because the shoes that she had been wearing no longer form to her new feet, well, this girl gets up on that Sunday, shares testimony to the whole church. Two more people get healed of flat feet that day. Six months later, I'm in a youth meeting, and I'm, talking, I'm telling one of the youth leaders about the, the people who have been getting healed of flat feet. And he goes, oh, that's what I've got. Now, now, listen to this unbelieving believer. Here's my response. Are you kidding? He goes, no. I go, hold on one second. Hey, everybody! Get back in here. Who wants to see a miracle? So I get all the kids to come back in, and I said, you guys are going to pray, and we're going to watch these feet change shape. You see what experience will do for your faith? Here's the thing. Prior to experience, everything is just theory. Okay? It's faith in practice that actually changes your faith. Um, so, So we... Pray for this guy. He gets healed. He shares testimony that Sunday. Guess what? Two more people get healed of flat feet. A few months later, two more people get healed of flat feet. Sooner or later, there are no flat feet in this church. We have to take the flat feet healing show out on the road. I'm not kidding. 
I literally, we would go, Jack would do these conferences and we would come with them and we would pray for flat feet because they would get healed. This has been like a miracle that has followed me ever since then. Literally, um, about, what, what month is it? It's July. So maybe three months ago, uh, I was in Dallas. We had this big upper room global conference. And uh, in the middle of me preaching, I get this name, uh, Sheila and flat feet. Just pops into my head. And I'm in the middle of doing this teaching thing. I go, whoa, is there a Sheila here? And you got flat feet. Sheila, that's, a, that's not a common name. Nobody responds at all. Now, here's the thing. Most of the time we think we miss it. Uh, we don't always miss it. Either people lie to us or they're too afraid to respond or they're not in the room and someone has to call them, which is what happened. That girl, Sheila, normally comes to the upper room. She just happened to not be there for the conference. So another guy who knew the girl uh, calls her up in the middle of me teaching. He comes up, interrupts the message and says, hey, uh, I know a Sheila. She normally comes to the upper room. She's just not here right now. Um, she, I, I texted her and it turns out she has flat feet. Do you think we could pray for her? Like over the phone. I'm like, yes. So he gets her, he gets her on the phone. He's got the, I've got the microphone sitting right here to the phone. And we get Sheila on the phone. And I say, hey, Sheila, how's it going? She goes, good. I said, well, uh, you know, I don't know you, and, and my, my, my friends here, they got your, uh, or I got your name, and, and I got the condition. Um, do you think we can pray for you? She says, yes, of course. She goes, should I pull over? I go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should probably pull over. <laughs> Look, you can, this, is, this is all on YouTube. You can watch this whole thing take place. So uh, I'm, I'm talking to Sheila. I go, well, Sheila, you know, I got your name and I got the condition. And, and what do you think God wants to do right now? She goes, he wants to heal my feet. Nobody's name is Sheila. <laughs> and I said, go, that's what I said. I said, nobody's name is Sheila. <laughs> so I had a, I had a pastor uh, in town from Nacogdoches. Now he had never prayed for anybody. Like this is all new to him. I say, well, Sheila, I've got this pastor here who's never prayed for anybody, and, and I want him to see that miracles still happen today. Do you mind if he prays for you? She's like, sure. Now, nobody ever says sure to that either. They want the guy with all the experience to pray, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. If the guy with the microphone does the praying, what's that going to teach everybody in the room? Oh, it happens when the man of God is in town, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Normal Christianity. Okay? It's not like I got the caffeinated Holy Spirit and you got decaf. It doesn't work that way. There is no JV Holy Spirit. So I get, I get the pastor to pray for her. And as he's praying, he, he, you know, he, at first it was real soft. And I said, hey, listen, there's two kinds of prayers. There's the prayers that go to God. And those are like, oh, God, will you? And then there's the prayers that come from God. In Jesus' name, be healed. Flat feet, change shape, move, arches form right? You talk to these body parts like you talk to a dog. When you want a dog to leave, you say, get out of here. <laughs> That's how you do this. So there's the, you can either do the to God or the from God. I think the from God happens to be more effective. It says you're operating as God's delegated authority, his image bearer on the earth. I get, you know, my church, they don't ever respond. They're just quiet and nod their heads. So I, I get so like, like, wait, wait, what just happened? I, I, I said something good. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> In my church, they'd be like, who's that person interrupting? Uh, that's <laughs> just, it's a Denver thing. It's colder up there. They act more cold. Um, you guys make me feel like I'm funny. My wife would be walking around going, what is your problem, people? <laughs> she didn't laugh at my jokes anymore. I don't know. Anyway, so the pastor prays, and, uh, and he goes, how you doing, Sheila? She goes, my feet are on fire. Don't stop praying. So he, he, he just starts praying. He gets excited. And next thing you know, she is completely, he goes, bawling hysterically over the phone while she's in her car. She comes back to share testimony at the upper room two weeks later, and they pray for more flat feet to get healed. That's the nature of how this works. Now, I'm convinced, you know, it says that we're all a part of this body of Christ. It means every one of us has different gifts, okay? Um, God has given me a level of faith over flat feet. Now, I, I never, first pair of flat feet, I didn't know what was going to happen. Same thing with the first pair of deaf ears that I saw healed. So a partially deaf woman get healed for the first time. Now, I probably prayed for maybe 20, 30 people with deafness, and she gets healed, Next thing you know, right after that, at our church, we see three more people get healed of, of deafness. One breakthrough brings a level of faith, not just for you, but everybody who hears that testimony. So my question for you is, what testimony do you have? Now, are you, is it, is it, does it suffice for you to live off of other people's stories or go get some of your own? Now, you want to know why people came to Jesus? If you read in Luke chapter 5, it says they came to him, they, that might, they might hear him and be healed by him. You see, what happens is you start seeing a couple things happen. He just saw a man who, was, who, was, uh, who was, had leprosy get healed, and they heard the testimony, word spread, and they all started coming to him. Same thing will happen to each one of us. Okay, now we're not Jesus. We have the privilege to get to point everybody back to him. But we still are delegated uh, authority. And we still represent him. Listen, to be made in God's image doesn't mean uh, that you have some sort of unique thing out of all of God's creation. It means that you represent him. Angels were also made in his image. As we are to the earth, so they were to the heavens. They represent God. They, they stand in his place. That's why we're called ambassadors. You know, I, I go to Denmark often, and, and something interesting is they have an American embassy, a United States embassy in the country of Denmark. Do you know what happens when you step into that embassy? Do you know what kind of soil you're on? U.S. soil in Denmark. Now, if you are an ambassador of Christ or an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven, what does that say about who you represent and the nation which you represent? Like it or not, you're more than a citizen of the United States. You've actually got a much bigger citizenship. Okay? That passport, passport from the kingdom of heaven, can get you into any of Satan's domain. Where you are welcome to plunder and steal. It is both your right and it is your privilege and it is your job to represent Jesus well. Now, I have a question for you. How many days could you hang out with Jesus and not see a miracle? See, that's challenging, isn't it? 
Because many of you are going, well, how many days can people hang out with me and not see a miracle? Which tells you that we're not representing him rightly. Now, I'm going to tell you, when I have somebody come up to me for prayer and, and they don't get healed, I don't turn to them and tell them their faith didn't make it happen. You know what? Because I don't think that I needed to borrow their faith for that to happen. I think Jesus had plenty of his own. So when, when they come to me I t and they don't get healed, I say, I'm sorry, I didn't accurately represent Jesus to you today. I'm still learning how to do this. And hopefully the next time you come, I'll have learned exactly what I need to. I just put it on myself because I would rather grow in this and take ownership of what I do or don't see. And I think that's right. I think we're all growing and looking like him, right? So, we're what, 40 minutes into this. What do you say we do some experimenting here? Now, hey, listen, I, when we're done, I'll, I'll be happy to pray for every person in the room. I, I literally, I, I can do that. That's not a problem. Um, but if I pray for you now on a demonstrative level, you're going to still get that thing where you're going, well, he's the guy with the microphone. We don't want that. Okay. Every single believer has gifts to give away. And when you show up to this room, you show up with something. And if you come here empty-handed, you came for the wrong reasons. It's, you're not takers in the kingdom of God. You're givers. Because guess what? God is a giver. Okay? So you have gifts to give away. The question, part of the question here is, is which gifts and who do I give them to? It's a matter of discovery. And that's what this, this Wednesday night is all about, right? Super normal, natural. Super natural, normal. Super normal, natural. Say that three times real fast. I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and just ask the Lord what's he, what he wants to do. But before, oh, you know what? Let me do this. This is it. Um, God has given us all something, Right? Now, for me, I, I happen to see flat feet and deaf ears and, and backs and a, a couple of un, other things. And as I continue in this, I get more. And that's the nature of it. The more you're faithful with what he's given you, the more he entrusts with you later. Okay? If you're faithful with a little bit, he's going to entrust you with cities, nations. Like, that's the, the, the nature of his kingdom. And we're the same way. We entrust people with more when they're responsible with those things. So what has God given you to be responsible with? What has he given you to be a steward? What gift has he given you? You know, the, the nature of that word steward is actually in the context of the gifts of the Spirit. Do you know that? As each of you has been given a special gift in God, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, use it in service in one another. Isn't that kind of crazy? The word steward is attached to gifts. You know, if it's prophecy, do as one speaking the very oracles of God. If it's service, do as one serving Jesus himself. That's the nature. All of these gifts are meant to be used in service to one another. They're not meant to get you a platform. Right. If you think that, then there's a misunderstanding here. It really is a service industry. So, uh, my question for you is, what has God entrusted you with? It could be anything. I mean, maybe, maybe you're the person in this room who's going to extinguish deafness. Maybe you're the person in this room that cancer, because of you, doesn't exist in this place. 
Maybe, maybe it doesn't necessarily have to do with healing the sick. I tend to go with the healing thing because that's what I love. That's what God's been entrusting me with. But maybe, maybe there's not a mystery you don't know. Maybe you, you are that walking superlative in 1 Corinthians 13 who doesn't just get words of knowledge but knows all mysteries. <laughs> you know? I always find it funny when people talk about, well, I have a tongue of angel. I'm like, you do know he's using hyperbole in that sense. <laughs> That's fine. You know, whatever. But, but uh, let's not miss my point. I, I know that I can be a little bit, like I'm making a lot of jokes, but I don't want you to think I'm cavalier. I am very sincere about this stuff. Um, what has God given you? Maybe you're the one who, who gets rid of the, the sex slave industry. You know, I, I don't know what it is. You know, all of us have been given something and it's not meant to be wasted. It's meant to be in service to the kingdom of heaven. So we really can bring that kingdom to this earth and make an advance. See, see the enemy's territory get swept out from under him. So I want, I want to pray for a second, and I want you just to simply ask the Lord, what is mine? And then we're going to get into some experiments. Close your eyes for a second.